Today is January the 16th, Monday, so along with being Lumpur Cha's memorial, 25 years after his passing away. This is also what in the media they call Blue Monday. Apparently the most depressing day of the year. A Monday, a couple of weeks after New Year, back to work, definitely back to work. Christmas and New Year festivities definitely over. Still another couple of months of winter to go. And it's Monday. And it's grey and drizzly, cold, dank, drich. So this is the most depressing day of the year. But as Lumpur Chah would uh, encourage us to reflect, so, so what? This is his uh, very simple method of developing the anicca sanya, the perception of, of uncertainty, the perception of of change, the anicca sanya. When the mind makes a judgment, this is great. We can reflect. So, this is exactly what I wanted. So, this is the most depressing day of the year. So, this is the great Ajahn Chah festival day. So, if we really want to pay our respects to the great teacher, then the best way of doing that is to, to follow the instructions. So he was very gifted at coming up with these extremely simple and direct kinds of meditation practice. Whenever the mind forms an opinion, a judgment, things are going really well, so everything's falling apart, so just that simple way of questioning, picking up a judgment, approving, disapproving, liking, disliking, calling something a gain or a loss, success or a failure, calling it good or bad, just to ask that question. So, it illuminates the habits of attachment. Because we like something, we call it good. Assume it's an absolute good. Because we dislike something, we assume it's bad. We make it an absolute bad. But in that simple reflection, just to ask, so? Or if that's a bit too short, a bit too brief, you can ask, is that so? It opens up the field of uncertainty. It opens up the field of possibility. It illuminates the fact that this is a judgment. And that nothing is fixed. 
what we might find a delightful one moment becomes painful or obstructive another. As that simple kind of reflection illuminates, makes clear the, the habits of attachment, identification. I've got what I wanted, that's good. I didn't get what I wanted, that's bad. These childlike habits of mind can be what dominates our lives. Look through the, the news. See what motivates most people's lives as they're, as they're presented in the media. Getting what you like, winning the prize, good. Things falling apart, failing, being rejected, losing the vote, bad. This is a very childlike, shallow way of receiving, knowing, working with our life. Alumpur Chah would encourage this kind of reflectiveness directly, mindfully moment by moment, picking up the reactions. Seeing where the mind gets caught up. And Paul Sumato's often told the story of how in, when he went back to Thailand after establishing Chithurst Monastery in, in 1981, and he was astonished and upset that uh, one of the, the monks and one of the nuns, Western monastics, who had been married before they, uh, they joined the monastery, had become born-again Christians. Tantitapo and Mechi Kamfa were eager to disrobe, leave the monastery, and go off to become Christians. So uh, Lumpur Sumedho just had a, a lengthy uh, session trying to persuade them of their wrong views and how deluded they were and how could they be living with Lumpur Char and still not see the truth. Had a good, uh, a good long workout with them, made no impression on them at all. And he went to see Lumpur Char and uh, told him about this encounter, how Tantitapo Mechi Kamfa become born again Christians. And, and uh, going on and on about how they're so deluded and they're foolish and they've been practicing Dhamma, what have they been doing with their minds all these years and can't they see the, can't they see the truth? I mean, what's wrong with them? And Lumpur Chah, seeing the uh, attachment of the, uh, the younger Lumpur Sumato to, to his feelings, his view and uh, the uh, irritating, frustrating quality of the encounter, just leaned towards him and said, maybe they're right. So then Lumpur Sumedha looked at him and said, he's kidding. He's not kidding. He, he, he must be kidding. He's not kidding. And uh, Lumpur Chah could be thoroughly unreadable if he wanted to. Is he, is he joking? He's not jo he, he must be joking. He's not joking. But in that moment, he could point right to 
Samedo, what are you doing with your mind? How are you holding this feeling? How is the mind attaching to this view? It's a simple approach, direct, immediate, and extraordinarily effective. And this kind of reflection, inquiry, looking at our attitudes, our feelings, whether we're in formal practice or going for a walk through the countryside, sitting in our kuti, our room, washing the dishes, chopping vegetables, sitting in the library, whatever it might be that we're doing. Whenever the mind picks up a, a perception and buys into it, this is great. Is that so? This is awful. How can they, how can they do it like this? It's a disaster. Is that so? Just to question, to illuminate the judgments that are being made. And as soon as that illumination, that clarifying happens, watch what occurs in the heart. When that attachment is seen and it's felt, there's this surprise. Oh, oh right, <laughs> oh right, aha. There's the assumption that this good feeling is uh, something that I can possess, that will make me permanently happy. How could that be? How could that possibly be? Another time Lumpur Cha went to visit a, a Western monk who just had both his knees operated on in the hospital in Bangkok. And the doctors had encouraged him just to do one at a time, do one and then let that recover and then do the second one. But this particular monk wanted to, quote unquote, get it out of the way. So he had both knees done at once. So he was having a very difficult time in the hospital. And Lumpur Chai went to visit him in Bangkok and asked the question, so, how are you? That was enough to trigger a whole long stream of, well, they've done it like this, and they shouldn't have done that, and, and it's really difficult this way, and, and it's a real problem with this, and the, the doctors are, I keep doing this, but they shouldn't do that, and they should do it the other way. And generally putting across the impression that it shouldn't be this way. It's wrong. And uh, when he paused for a moment, then Pochai just said to him, if it shouldn't be this way, it wouldn't be this way. That simple. Whether you like it or not is another issue. Whether doctors have made mistakes or not is another issue. But here it is, like Blue Monday. Grey, damp, drich. That's the weather today, cold and dank, grey and dingy, that's how it is. 
it shouldn't be this way, it wouldn't be this way. <laughs> so this is not being fatalistic. It doesn't mean that we, we don't respond to that. You know, the weather is cold and damp, so we put on a few extra layers. Carry an umbrella, get some waterproof footwear. We can respond to the way things are freely, wisely. But in this moment, it is this way. And the heart that says it shouldn't be this way is tied to delusion. Because this, this is the way it is, not some other way. And the heart that opens to this, in this moment is exactly like this. It's completely and absolutely this way. It's never been more like this than it is. This is how it is right now. The heart that can open to that, totally accept, here it is. This is the feeling, the texture, the tenor of this moment. That heart is in tune with Dhamma, in tune with its own nature. It knows nature. It is nature. So regardless of what the perception is, whether it's the bitterness of being uh, frustrated or criticized, this depressing melancholy quality of gray, soggy weather, the heart that knows is attuned to this moment is knowing Dhamma itself, is embodying Dhamma, is being Dhamma itself. So whether the, the perception is a sweet one or a bitter one, bright or, or dull, is completely immaterial, secondary. So there's another quality of Lumpur Chai, was that he seemed to be enjoying himself, whatever happened. Whatever was going on, even if things were really difficult, painful, he was enjoying himself, being Dhamma, the mind knowing its own nature, just delighting in the way things are, even with intense difficulty or discomfort. I remember visiting him when he was paralyzed in 1988, going back to visit Thailand for a few months and going with the Sangha from Wat Pananachat to pay respects and do some chanting at his kuti. And you'd see him you know, wheeled out and his body just devoid of energy and you know, slumped into a, a posture with his mouth hanging open and unable to move himself. So to the eye, there was this feeling of shock or sadness. Oh, poor, Lumpur, he looks terrible. And as the mind is forming this thought, you know, poor man, I'm so sorry for Lumpur. It's very interesting because the mind couldn't even really finish the thought. 
there's a sort of perception of a, a paralyzed person stuck in a wheelchair. But then attuning to the, the moment, the time, the place, the situation, this, before that poor, poor Lumpocha thought could really take shape, there was this very strong feeling of, don't weep for me, it's you that's in trouble. <laughs> I'm fine. It was a very strange, kind of marvelous uh, experience. To the surface level perceptions, he didn't look fine at all. But the uh, intuitive sense was, he's sabai, sabai, he's, he's, he's fine. And uh, he's kind of finding it amusing that we feel sorry for him. It's like, okay, this body is just a sack of flesh stuck in a wheelchair, but uh, I'm fine. <laughs> and uh, don't feel sorry for me, but uh, you should feel sorry for yourselves. You're the ones that uh, still have a mind wedded to greed, hatred and delusion, so I should be feeling sorry for you. <laughs> don't worry about me. And not that the mind spelled out that whole narrative in in all those precise words but just in that moment a moment of recognition it was really clear he's fine even though the the body's paralyzed can't even scratch him scratch an ear or swallow properly but the heart is fine that's what matters. So that was really the most powerful and wonderful final teaching from him. So don't be fooled by the realm of perceptions. It's the heart that matters. If the heart is unentangled, is awake, at ease, then the world of form and perceptions can do what it likes. Like that uh, the verses from the Theragata with the Arahant monk sitting in his hut in a rainstorm saying, rain away clouds, rain as much as you like. You know, I'm sheltered in my little hut. Rain, rain as much as you like. Everything's fine in here. That represents the heart itself. When the heart is, is free, completely unentangled, unburdened, then the sense world can do what it likes. Then the heart responds, does what it can. We put on our boots, put on some layers of clothing, but we don't need the weather to be different, to be happy. We don't need for all our efforts to be successful, to be happy. We don't need to have everyone like us to be happy. The heart is completely content, awake to its own nature. Dhamma knowing itself. 